Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends, and welcome to our time of prayer and scripture study together, scripture reflection. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Welcome, welcome especially to all of you who are working in the pro-life movement as your key priority. All of us share the pro-life conviction, and we allow the Word of God, which is the Word of life, to strengthen that conviction and that commitment. So let's put ourselves in His presence. You can leave your prayer intentions in the comments so we can all pray for one another very specifically. And uh, let's ask his help in understanding and living his word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We praise you, Lord God, Father of all, Lord of every nation, judge of the world, and source of eternal life. Bless us now as we come into your presence. We repent of our sins. Forgive us. Enable us to forgive one another. And enable us now to understand your word more deeply, to live it more faithfully, and to proclaim it more effectively. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today we celebrate the conversion of St. Paul. And I want to read to you this reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Saul, still breathing murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, that if he should find any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them back to Jerusalem in chains. On his journey, as he was nearing Damascus, a light from the sky suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, Who are you, sir? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, for they heard the voice, but could see no one. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. For three days he was unable to see and he neither ate nor drank. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is there praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him that he may regain his sight. But Ananias replied, Lord, I have heard from many sources about this man, what evil things he has done to your holy ones in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to imprison all who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel, and I will show him what he will have to suffer for my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. Laying his hands on him, he said, Saul, my brother, the Lord has sent me 
Jesus, who appeared to you on the way by which you came, that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, things like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. He got up and was baptized, and when he had eaten, he recovered his strength. He stayed some days with the disciples in Damascus, and he began preaching at once to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue that he is the Son of God. All who heard him were astounded and said, Is not this the man who in Jerusalem ravaged those who call upon this name and came here expressly to take them back in chains to the chief priests? But Saul grew all the stronger and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus, proving that this is the Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Anyone who has breath can be converted. Anyone can be converted. One of the biggest sins is to resist the grace of conversion because there are many who would have been St. Paul's, would have been St. Paul-like conversions, but they resisted it. God gives powerful grace offers powerful grace even to the most hardened of sinners because he wants all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Paul could say that with great confidence later in his life. We read it in, 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 in Scripture because he knows how God wanted him to be saved. God wants all to be saved, but he doesn't force himself on anyone. Paul could have still said no. Paul, upon getting up uh, after, after that bright light blinded him and that voice was heard, could have said, no, no thank you, I'm still going to continue on my way persecuting the Christians. We always have freedom to reject the grace, and many are rejecting that grace. You wonder why, why God hasn't converted some people? Well, God offers His grace, but people can still refuse it. Paul did not refuse it. And it's amazing how he became one of the key preachers of the gospel to the world and one of the key authors of the New Testament. But nevertheless, here he was persecuting the way. Now that's a capital W. This is what Christianity was called in these early years. The way. Jesus is the way, right? So you, talk, you say you call yourself a Christian that has the name of Christ, if you call this the way, that's also one of the names Jesus himself gave to himself, I am the way. And this is a way of life. This is behavior, not just beliefs. And so the key verse here to help us understand our, our obligations to one another is when Jesus says to him, Saul, you are persecuting me, Jesus. And Saul, of course, said, well, I'm, I'm sure I'm going after those who follow Jesus. But Jesus makes it clear here that Christianity is not just about following someone. It's about being identified with him. This is a point we make many times in various different ways. It's not just about Jesus as an historical figure 
no matter how highly someone may think of him and say, well, I have to learn his teachings, implement them in my life, <coughs> excuse me, and follow his example. There are many people in history whose teaching we should learn and whose example we should follow. And yes, you can say that about Jesus, but it goes so far beyond that. I am the way. Saul, you are persecuting me. Whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you do to me. Jesus had said this already. And this was why Paul now, experiencing this, will teach so eloquently in his epistles about the body of Christ. He is the head. We are the members. That's a teaching he learned from deep personal experience in this conversion. Saul, you're persecuting me. Reminds us of the last judgment. Lord, when did we see you ill or in prison and not attend to your needs? Whatever you fail to do it to the least, you fail to do it to me. Now Jesus is identifying with us on two levels. If we are baptized and we receive his spirit, as Paul did here shortly after his conversion, then we are united in this supernatural way, in this mystical body. We all share the Spirit, and then we are, we are nourished on the Eucharist. We eat His body and drink His blood. We become members of one another in the one body, also explained by Jesus as the true vine, and he is the, we are the branches, also explained by Peter as the living temple, and we are the stones. The, and this comes about through our baptism. But there's a union with God, even on the natural level, thanks to the fact that God became human. He united, this because there's only one human nature, shared by born and unborn alike. And you see now how this is the foundation of our pro-life commitment, that Jesus is God in human nature. And therefore, even for those who have not yet accepted him by faith and baptism, there is a new union of all humanity with God. Now, even before the Incarnation, the fact that God is our Creator and that there's one human nature, God is the Father of all, in Him we live and move and have our being, as Paul would proclaim uh, in the Acts of the Apostles, we are united just by the fact of creation having come all descended from our original parents, Adam and Eve, just on a purely natural level of human life, we are brothers and sisters. God, our creator, Adam and Eve, our original human parents. But then the incarnation happens, and the union of humanity with God is brought to an even higher level, an even deeper level, that God took our human nature, united it with his divinity, raised it up to the throne in his Resurrection and ascension. We are indeed brothers and sisters in an even deeper sense. And it is on that level that we think about our union with the unborn, because, of course, they are not yet baptized. Now, God takes care of them in His own way, and we can pray for their salvation with confidence. But God hasn't revealed to us exactly the way in which He saves them. He said, you, you, you need baptism. And so we promote baptism as the ordinary means. But he loves them more than we do. The point here, though, to focus on is not what is the way that they receive supernatural life, 
but the union we have with them in our natural human life. So whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you do to me. And this applies in this broader natural sense, not only in the supernatural sense. These are our brothers and sisters in the womb. They are not strangers. We can't think of them just as somebody else's child, somebody else's choice. They are ours. And they are His. It is Jesus in the womb who we are persecuting when we allow abortion, counsel abortion, pay for abortion, vote for people who want to continue abortion. It is Jesus in the womb. St. John Paul II said it in the, the Gospel of Life encyclical. He said, rejection of even a single human life is a rejection of Christ. An attack on a human life is an attack on God himself. One more dimension here of this conversion of St. Paul experience. The reaction of other people who knew that Paul was persecuting the Christians. When they were told, hey, now he's one of you. What? This is the man who is persecuting us. We've got to let people grow and change. See, Ananias, even the Lord himself is appearing to him and he's telling the Lord, hey, wait a minute, this is our enemy. No, the Lord is telling him, no, now this is your brother. And isn't it amazing when he goes to see Paul, he enters the house, lays his hands on him, he says, Saul, my brother, because the Lord opened that door. The Lord told Ananias, he's with you now. So many people are engaged in snapshot thinking. We get an impression, we hear a story about somebody, we have an experience of someone, somebody tells us something about someone else, and we freeze them in that moment, in that impression, with that idea, in that thought, in that image. We freeze them, and we never think anything good about them ever after that. People are always growing and changing. Now, they may change for the better, they may change for the worse. But people are always moving in one direction or another. Let them move in your own mind. Don't freeze anybody in a snapshot. You may say, well, the last I heard about so-and-so was this, but time has passed. If time has passed, that person has changed. Give them the room. This is a key part of charity, by the way, how we think about other people. We, we, we think of charity as, oh, well, it's good deeds. So before you have good deeds, you have good thoughts. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. The mind. How do we think of other people? Ananias was thinking of Paul as an enemy. Well, for a while that was correct, but now that fact had changed. So the Lord told him, hey, don't worry, listen to me. He changed. And then later on when Paul begins preaching in the synagogues, all who heard him said, isn't this our enemy? And they had to change. The part of the challenge of loving one another and part of the challenge of loving our enemies is to give them the space in our own mind and heart, give them the space to change and be ready to greet the one even who was trying to kill you. Be ready to greet him or her as your brother and sister when the grace of God that converted St. Paul takes action in them. I have worked in this pro-life movement to help the conversion of people like Abby Johnson, 
like Bernard Nathanson, like Norma McCorvey, the Jane Roe of Roe v. Wade, Nathanson, one of the architects, one of the founders of the abortion industry, and of course Abby, who's a good friend and privileged to be godfather for one of her children. We connected early on. In fact, she was watching my broadcasts while she was still working in the abortion industry. God's grace is at work in us all. God's grace is at work in our enemies. And remember what I always tell you about those that are promoting abortion, those that are advocating it, those that are doing it. They are not the enemy. They are captive to the enemy. Our goal is not to destroy or eliminate them, kill or hurt them. Our goal is to set them free. This is why Jesus came. I have come to let the oppressed go free. We've got to liberate them from the lies of the enemy. And that's why we always regard them. Our worst enemies, we always regard them as our brothers and sisters who are captive to the enemy to one extent or another and who can always, by the same grace of God that converted Paul, who can always be set free. Let's pray. Father Almighty, Jesus, Son of God, send your Holy Spirit. Send that same Spirit that came to Paul. Set the captives free. Lord, send that Spirit, we pray, in a particular way today on, on all who regard themselves as our enemies, all who set themselves up against what we believe in and what we cherish. Those who want to destroy faith, those who want to destroy our country, our church, those who want to destroy the unborn. And Lord God, send the Holy Spirit today to set these brothers and sisters of ours free from the influence of the enemy, free from the oppression of the deceiver, free from the bondage of the one who was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. They are captive to the enemy. Set them free and set them free, Lord, by our, by our example and by our words, by our courageous witness and by our actions. May we liberate many and bring them into the way of discipleship. Lord, we pray for the abortionists particularly today. These men and women who are being paid to kill babies, being paid to literally take a forceps, go into the womb of a mother and tear an arm off a living baby and tear a leg and, and crush a skull and take it out in pieces. Lord God, what is wrong with these people? What is wrong with them is that they are captive to the enemy. You converted St. Paul. Lord, send a light, send a grace. It may not be in some dramatic way with lightning and a big voice and falling off a horse. It may be, as some have experienced, that they look at what they have looked at before, the remains of an aborted baby, and suddenly they see a human being, a gentle but powerful grace that suddenly dawns on them. Lord, sometimes it is loud, noisy, and dramatic like it was on that road to Damascus. And sometimes it is quiet and gentle like the still breeze that Elijah the prophet heard outside the cave or the still light and quiet voice that some abortionists hear right there in that procedure room 
and their consciences are convicted that they are taking human life. Bring about the change, Lord, however you do it, whether strong, gentle, dramatic, or not. Bring it about. By our prayer now, bring it about today. Bring about new conversions. Bring about more who follow in the path of Bernard Nathanson. Bring, them, bring it about, Lord God. Bring it about. We pray now in the words that Jesus gave us and we unite our prayers all for one another and our intentions. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining me. Let's pray for the conversion of those abortionists. And you know, on our main website, endabortion.us, and on our testimonies page, abortiontestimonies.com, you can read the stories of the St. Paul conversions of our time in the lives of these abortionists. Look it up, abortiontestimonies.com. You'll see the different categories you can search for, and one of them is the conversion of abortionists. Read those stories. Share those stories. Abortiontestimonies.com. God bless you. Have a great day. Please support our work and follow what we're saying, especially in these days of such consequence for the, uh, for the presidential elections. God bless you, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.